Yep. Hello everyone and welcome to this special episode 20. Uh, is it 20? It is, yes. It is 20 of Wake Up Call podcast. Uh, this is a special episode because it's really an episode about an episode that we did on another podcast. A podcast called Universal Thoughts. If you guys follow us on social media, you'll know that Melda and I went on these guys' podcast and we talked about feminism and gender. So we're just going to pull a couple clips about from the podcast, give our thoughts and just sort of react to um, what I would describe as a very interesting and occasionally frustrating interview. So who exactly are these Universal Thoughts guys? Well, let's let's just look at their YouTube page and we can find a little bit more about them. So their description on their YouTube page says, Welcome to our podcast. Here we talk about everything from general life talks to deep conspiracies. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and many guests to appear. And we did, by the end of that episode, get started talking about conspiracies, didn't we? Yeah, uh, and also just to add, we're also going to be addressing some comments under these videos because they also released some excerpts from the full episode that was about one hour and 30 minutes long. So obviously we're not going to watch the whole thing, but we're just going to talk about the main points of contention. Yeah, here are some of the, here are some of the video titles of theirs. Um, so the one on ours was debating feminists in all caps on trans issues and uh, on one of the other video titles was is andrew tate guilty does a woman's past matter um you know sort of like big like culture war sort of stuff like i i would that's how i would describe it um our video has a has a lot of views so let's click on it let's look at some clips Let's talk about it. I don't know about you. Well, I'll ask you guys. Do you think it's in the West, are men and women, like, what equality, what law are you guys fighting for, for the genders to be equal? Or are we not equal already? To any of you? I'll hand that over to anyone I from the way. I can do that. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of research that still shows that women earn less than men. Um, statistically, they have lower pensions, lower incomes, and there's a lot of causes for this. But even scholars say that there's a significant gap in the research in the way that even when we compare men and women who have finished the same degree, let's say software engineering, so namely they have the same skills, I would say that they probably have the same personal qualities as well, they still have a wage gap between them. And there's a lot of reasons for why this can be. But I think in the West right now, a lot of the things that we're fighting for are not necessarily quantifiable. There may be structures that are not seen with a visible eye, but they're definitely there. There are still stereotypes about what is feminine and what a woman should act like and what is masculine and what a man should act like. And maybe some employers do see women as less capable or less qualified that's why they give them a lower income. This is just one possible problem. Yeah, so this was my short answer. And of course, I couldn't really expand too much on it. Um, but it was really surprising to me that it's still like some sort of not known thing that women do face 
certain hurdles, especially not in the West, but also in the West, whether regarding the page gap or whether regarding crimes against women or just certain stereotypes. Um, men experience also these stereotypes, but that's what not what we were talking about in this episode. And there was actually a good comment under this um, episode. I mean, not that this is good, it's not really backed up by anything, but Freudian slip here started the comment by saying, uh, addressing me as a lady, of course, I feel like a lot of men, especially like for some reason when they write a comment, they like specifically mentioning that I'm a woman. I don't know why is that the case, but... Um, they basically said that women work fewer hours per week, that women take more vacation time, and women choose careers on average that are not in STEM or just not profitable. And I wanted to address some of these things. Well, firstly, I just want to say that, of course, this is not backed up by research whatsoever, and I don't know if these claims are valid or not. But once again, I think saying these kind of things like women work fewer hours per week is a very sort of narrow-minded position. If they do work fewer hours per week, that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to work fewer hours per week. I think for many women, life situations push them into working part-time jobs, even if they would want to work full-time because they have to take uh, care of their young children or their old parents, um, which is usually seen as the role of a woman, seen as feminine roles, not really masculine. Secondly, about women taking more vacation time, I just think this is absurd. I don't know where did you get this information from. Women and men tend to get tired at the same uh, rates, I believe, and I don't think that they have more vacation days based on gender and sex. And on women choosing careers that are not in STEM, I already talked about this a bit in the episode, but I think once again, if there is a male-dominated field, it is not some sort of coincidence. It has been like this historically. And even if women do have access to education and the labor force, for a lot of them, it's still, still quite intimidating to go into these fields, specifically because it's seen as unfeminine or also because um, of societal pressure to not to. And in general, I read up on research before this interview that like even in very profitable fields such as STEM, women and men still have a gender pay gap. It's so weird, but it is uh, the, the research. I mean, one thing that I want to say is that I would actually disagree with both you and Mr. Freudian slip here um, about the fact that women don't go into STEM. I mean, this is very anecdotal, but at McGill University, the vast majority, not the vast majority, but the majority, something like 55, 56% of the people in the Faculty of Science are women. I mean, things are changing um, and changing fast. And of course, like you said, maybe there is some sort of pay gap within the field of STEM itself. But I think that what Mr. Freudian Slip is saying about women choosing worse career paths or whatever is just silly. He also talked about how, you know, women are, are often incapable of doing physically demanding jobs. And then he somehow conflates them, those physically demanding jobs with high paying jobs. It's like, when you think like high roller, high pay, very profitable job, you're not thinking construction worker, bricklayer, garbage, garbage man, you know what I mean? Um, 
I, I, I don't, I honestly cannot find any sense in this, in this comment whatsoever. Yes, and very good comment about that more women are finishing university. I think in general, in Leiden University, where I study as well, there's more women than men in many fields. However, some research also indicates that, for example, when women scholars try to get their work onto academic journals, they are judged by higher standards. I didn't read up on that research fully, but it was also interesting to me. And it may be also for the fact that um, academia as a whole was a very male-dominated field before. Yeah, that's and also, true. I just, wanted, I just wanted to point out how the Freudian slip commenter says that women have... Um, women don't have poor work-life balance or that men have worse poor work-life balance than women. But I just think this is completely untrue as many women have to not only work their regular jobs, their paid jobs, their nine to fives, but also come back and work at the home with the kids or also be servants to their husbands. So I don't think that they have a balance at all most of the time. All right, so a clip that I wanted to pull up um, was this one, and it really just shows how prevalent clickbait articles and essentially like fake news and misleading news are, and how difficult it is for people who don't read beyond the headline to actually comprehend what's happening in the world. Um, let's uh, hear uh, our fellow guest uh, who goes on YouTube by It's Simply Alice um, talk about an article that she had read that I had also read um, and are vastly different interpretations of it. And then we'll pull up the article and see who's right. I think there's uh, a fine- address something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Just quickly, uh, Alice, you mentioned that story of that Canadian high schooler that was arrested. I, I, I was gonna leave it alone, but you, you mentioned it twice, but that's a complete clickbait article um, in its entirety. So what happened is this kid got suspended um, because he wasn't using the name, like the, like new name, he was like dead naming his, like a transgender classmate. Um, and like the school was like, you know, that's bullying. You can't just call people names. Right. Um, and the school suspended him for bullying, bullying. And he said, oh, well, I will not call my classmate by their proper name. And then they said, okay, well then you can't come to school unless you like behave within our code of conduct. Um, which is not bullying other students. And then he came to school anyway and was arrested for trespassing because he's not allowed to be on school property. That's what happened. He didn't get arrested for saying that he believes that there's two genders. Like that that's a clickbait article that you read. Well, yeah, well, he wasn't arrested for exactly that. But what I read was that he actually said in class his beliefs that there's men and female, men, male and female, and that transgender students like they shouldn't go in the opposite washroom that, yeah, this he is what said that he said that but that's yeah. not why he was arrested he was arrested for bullying so yeah the article that she had alluded to and and had done so throughout the episode uh was this article published by post media about um a student at a catholic school which who they claim was suspended and arrested for saying in class that there are only two genders i mean obviously this sounds alarming, right? Like anyone can state their beliefs that they shouldn't be suspended, let alone arrested for saying that. So once you see that, your first instinct shouldn't be, holy crap, this country is like melting down. It's like, you know, we're losing our freedoms. No, that shouldn't be your first instinct. It sounds like BS. There's got to be something deeper. And that's what I thought. 
So you know what I did? I actually took the trouble of going beyond the headline of boy arrested for saying that there are only two genders and actually went and read the article and saw what the school was saying. So a lawyer from the Liberty Defense Fund, which is representing Josh, it's like this right-wing legal organization, said in a statement that the student was told he could only return to school if he agreed not to use the dead name of any transgender student and agreed to exclude himself from his two afternoon classes because those classes are attended by two transgender students who disapprove of Josh's religious beliefs. So essentially what this is, is an anti-bullying sort of thing. They, he basically called his classmates, who are transgender, by their previous names and was like, no, you know, I'm not going to call you by your previous name. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call you by your new name because this violates my religious beliefs. It's violated the school's anti-bullying policy. We, can, we had a little debate on whether that constitutes bullying or not. I personally think it does. Other people may reasonably believe that it doesn't constitute their anti- doesn't constitute um, bullying. Um, and he basically, yeah, was told to stay away from two transgender students that he had clearly been using the dead name of. Yeah, definitely. And there was also another person, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Universal Thoughts podcast, who said that basically if the person, if the trans person hasn't changed their name legally, so they have a new name, but uh, it's not legally changed, that they have no obligation to call them by their new name. That they can basically dead name the person and it doesn't matter, it's not bullying, uh, you know, it's fine. And I just wonder, like, how hateful can you be? How, how, how much hate can you have in your body to just really have so much ego that you can't even respect another person's boundaries? And for me, it's such like a non-issue. It's basically like just calling someone by their name. It's like, a respect it's thing. So I, I, I really yeah. think that it's just a sign of respect that you call someone by the name that they ask you to call them. Yeah, definitely. And I cannot understand how this is such a huge issue still in the right wing, far right, uh, right now in the States, especially. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, the story goes deeper than student arrested for saying there are only two genders, you know? But it was constantly brought up as if that was the entire story. I, I, I don't know. I personally think it's ridiculous. I think that if someone asked you to call you, asked you to call them something, you should just, you should just go with that. It's just a basic sign of, of, of dignity and respect. And I personally think that if you don't do that, like, obviously, you shouldn't face, like, legal consequences. Like, the government shouldn't be able to arrest... No one's saying that. I'm not saying that, like, you know, the government should arrest you for, like, saying that... For not calling someone by their given name or by their preferred name. But what I am saying is, it's pretty reasonable that a school would have an anti-bullying policy that includes that. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the times it's very obvious to tell whether a person is dead naming someone or like not respecting their pronouns consciously or are they just doing it accidentally uh, and i feel like we've all had times where we've accidentally called someone by the wrong thing but th they never judge us i mean they just say we just say okay i'm sorry i'm gonna try to be better it's it's so easy you know yeah there's no way that this that this kid 
did it once by accident and was suspended. Like there is absolutely no way. So the next clip is once again about feminism and a more contended issue nowadays. I'll let the, the co-host of the podcast say the question. Okay, this is a bit of a famous one. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure you, all of you have heard of this. I just want your answer to this, okay? We'll start off with uh, Aless and then we'll move on to Milda and Mishwa. What, drumroll, is a woman? <laughs> oh, this famous, famous question. Famous one, yeah. Uh, okay. Before so, you start, before you start, before you start, can I say a biological definition? Not a. No, no, I don't. don't want, I don't no? want you to. Don't change okay. her thoughts. Okay, okay. She's anything, 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 anything that comes to mind. Yeah, whatever your thoughts are, go for it. Okay, so a biological woman is me, <laughs> and I'm about to get cancelled. Um, no, but a, a woman. If if I was asked on the street, like someone just came up to me, like, "What is a woman?" I would say a woman is. Here we go. A woman is. A, wo- a woman with female sex characteristics, so a woman can give birth. A woman has periods. A woman has in the chromosomes. I would I would base it on like a biological perspective, and if and um, I think that's yeah. enough of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> we were basically just talking about what is a biological woman, and we all agreed that it's you know the division of sexes is based on your um, genitals, basically, and your re- reproductive functions, and I feel like all of us agree with that. That's not the the question. That's not the debate usually in public discourse. But I was just actually thinking uh, after the interview and in the recent days about what makes me feel like a woman, like most. And I realized that it has nothing to do with my biological function, which is quite interesting, <laughs> right? Um, I feel like what when I feel most woman is actually when I do like conventionally feminine things, you know? Like, for example, when I'm gossiping with my friends or like we're painting our nails or when we're putting on makeup, putting on a dress, a skirt, that is when I feel most woman, which is all uh, like all by socialization, all by what is a gender role of a woman to me, which is so interesting because like it's really not about biology. It's simply about constructed roles for me. What do you think? That is an excellent point, actually. Um... I, I feel the same way when I'm like doing some like hard physical labor or something like that. That's when I, I, I feel the most manly, like when I'm like shoveling dirt or like, I don't know, driving. Yeah. And that's why I feel like gender is so fluid and maybe for non-binary people, it's completely different. Maybe the only thing that makes them feel like a woman, a non-binary woman, maybe the only thing that makes her feel woman is her period because she doesn't identify with any gender, right? So I think it's really, it's all about kind of like understanding that you as a biological woman can still feel masculine, can still feel more like a man in certain situations than others. And to take it in as something beautiful, as something liberating than something oppressing. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I I don't really understand this whole, like, why, um, like, gender is honestly that important. Like, who cares whether you do masculine things, feminine things, things that are somewhat in between, like, why can't we just 
not care. I feel like if we place less emphasis on on what is stereotypically masculine and feminine, just let everyone do whatever they want, we'd solve a lot of the world's problems. For sure, I agree. I, I fundamentally believe that like 80% of the world's problems could just be solved by people chilling the heck out about what other people are doing. Like just just calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big ego problem that we have. I know. If 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 we just if we just all like took a deep breath in and were like, I don't care what my neighbor is doing, life would just be life would just be so much better. Facts. I've seen plenty of people, I the guys, they dress as women, okay, whatever. You do you, I do me. The issue now, in my opinion, comes in is when we start saying, just because you identify as a woman, you can go into women's spaces. Just because you're now trans woman, you can now compete with women in sports. But in reality, if we look at reality, not delusion, not feelings, it's facts over feelings now. If we look at the fact that you are born a woman, you are going to be biologically weaker than men. So if you now want to go compete with men in sports, I'm sorry to say, but you have a very low chance of success. It becomes more dangerous if a woman starts boxing a man you're going to see the results and the sport's going to die very quickly because of the indifferences in strength. Also, you, you could beat Serena Williams at tennis? Serena Williams? Okay, so we'll cut it off there because that Serena Williams comment essentially summed up like the crux of what I went on to say in that podcast. I'm not saying that this is a very simple issue, but that's precisely my point. The issue isn't whether trans women should be competing in women's sports. The issue is how do we decide what are the boundaries of fairness that we, dis- that we, that we enable so that we decide whether someone competes in this division or that division. And essentially what I said throughout the whole podcast is, look, it's not that simple. If you want to talk about testosterone, there are many cisgender women with what would be considered unfairly high levels of testosterone, most than most, more than most trans women. If you want to talk about lung capacity, there are people such as Michael Phelps with unreal lung capacity that is, would be considered borderline unfair when competing against other men. What I'm saying is you, you, you can't make these hard and fast like rules about, about trans people on the basis of, of supposed unfairness. You need to find certain areas where that unfairness manifests and then find a way to measure how big that unfairness is and then make a decision on whether they're allowed to compete in that division or not. That's essentially the crux of what I was saying. I'm not saying, oh, like, you know, if you identify as a woman, you should be able to compete in women's boxing. Like, I, I don't think that that's the case at all. But what I'm saying is, there are reactionaries that are trying to oversimplify the issue and vilify an already marginalized community by making this a big culture war issue and taking the humanity out of it and taking the science out of it. Precisely all I wanted to say. Yeah, I think you explained it perfectly in the episode and if the viewers want to have like a broader understanding of the topic, I really recommend you go and listen to the full episode. But I definitely agree. It's such a new issue and it's such a deep issue and we don't know all of the answers yet. It will take a lot more decades for us to figure out every single detail 
and how we should best um, kind of judge the situation. Precisely. But also, I even saw how like people are saying that um, some people, some athletes are specifically transitioning to have an advantage. And I think that's absolutely absurd. Like as an athlete, if you have been truly competing your whole life, you have such love for the sport and respect for your peers. Why would you give up your identity and your integrity to do something like that? And these are all just like margin cases. It's like happening in one out of like multiple million people. You know, I saw some I saw some crazy statistic like there's like 30 million children in the US, right? And something like, I forgot whether it's, I think it's something like a thousand of them, like are identify as, as, as like transgender or like are receiving like trans medical care. But if you look at like Fox News or right wing media, you'd think it's like, you know, 15 million of them. You'd think it's like half of them. It's like this fraction of a percentage point and you're making a massive news cycle out of it. Yes, I think that these are important conversations to have, but I don't think they're that important. I don't think that they should be the conversations that we're having. There's a lot, there's a, like things that are a, like a way bigger deal. Definitely, like politics seems to be revolving around these cultural identity issues where people are, you know, starving every day. It's crazy. No, absolutely. You know, it's it's always like, you know, oh, the trans debate, blah, blah, blah. Oh, people are identifying as trees, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're hearing that, you're hearing critical race theory, you're hearing like, oh, man, it's so frustrating. Yeah, you should talk more about like working conditions and wages, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, in your opinion. Okay, the last okay. thing that we wanted to talk about Remember we alluded to a conspiracy earlier in this episode. Do you guys want to hear the conspiracy? Do you think we should show it to them, Milda? Yes, please. All right, here we go. We're getting into the conspiracies now. I think, I think, and this is going to be a very, it's it's about, it's, I guess it's a point of faith. I, don't, I guess I don't have actually hard proof to show. It's just faith. Um, I think it's more of a, I think it's more of an evil plan more than anything. I think this whole idea of, you know, gender identity crisis and people, young children, like, I just don't understand. When you're young, yeah, when you're like, 10 11 you don't know as much about men and women as much as you you know they do now i guess i think when i was 10 11 or when a lot of people i knew when we were 10 11 you were more concerned about just anything nothing nothing about the media it's all about games real life everything's about real life playing games playing fifa all of those kind of things right we've come to a point now where most of these kids are now on tiktok so tiktok is the place where i think the confusion begins is because you're now scrolling on tiktok and you've got everything's on TikTok. The, every, there's nothing excluded from TikTok, right? There's everything. And I think 
I think there's a there's a government plan. I think there's an agenda behind all of this. And I think it's a whole evil agenda to just confuse kids um, and to hyper-sexualize children, right? If we look at Sam Smith's videos, if we look at a lot of the music industry, and I think it all comes... It, I think there is an agenda, and I, don't, and I don't know how to explain it, but I genuinely do think there's a whole plan behind it. Yeah, Milda, what do you think? If you see yourself falling down the conspiracy pipeline, seriously, like, get some help. And I'm saying this with a full heart. I, I really feel bad for these people because this is what the news and the media are doing nowadays. There is no broader plan. There are no aliens, you know, like scheming the agenda of Although, okay, although I would like to talk about aliens. Okay, next podcast, next time it's my rant, we're going to talk about aliens because I, I have my suspicions. Sorry, continue. <laughs> okay, but yeah, but we were just kind of talking about in our answers how the sexualization of children really has been going on for forever and for various reasons and how really, you know, I feel like what they mentioned also with TikTok and like Chinese TikTok, they're trying to brainwash us. I think it's really, it's it's not some sort of plan. It's a calculated decision based on capitalism, marketing and narratives and there is no broader plan. Like, I'm sure if anyone would read up on these issues would understand it. Okay. I don't think that there is a broader plan either. I think that there are some broader plans, though. Like, just multiple plans. Like, he did talk about TikTok, about how TikTok is, like, brainwashing people. I think that that is, like, actually, like, something that the Chinese government is looking to do. There's a reason that lawmakers and stuff can't have that on their phones because it, it's just tracks too much of your data. They recently, um, just yesterday in Canada, like banned members of parliament from having TikTok on their phones, which I think is a very good move. Regardless though, in regards to the child sexualization thing, it's like, these are just awful people that are doing awful things. There's no need to like have coordination around it, making like them seem like some sort of like evil geniuses or something like that. They're just, there's just a lot of like bad human beings out there and a lot of these bad human beings unfortunately have power i don't think it's like some secret cabal of of like global elites or whatever that are trying to manufacture a plan around pedophilia i just i just think that there's just a lot of really messed up things that are happening in the world right now that are all interrelated and yeah exactly if you go if you go like down that conspiracy rabbit hole and like the government is like trying to like manipulate us and make us sexualize children. I just, I think that you're in danger of becoming way too far gone and ruining your mental health. Yeah, uh, the same thing actually happened in the European Union, I believe, or at least part of it uh, with the TikTok banning in like governmental institutions. Like, I do agree that it collects data. I don't know much about it. I don't know how serious it is, so I'm not going to comment. But in regards to the brainwashing, I feel like it happens from all sides. Like, the same, like, your political party, I'm talking about, like, anyone in general. Yeah. Your political side can also brainwash you and into believing these conspiracies in the yeah. first place, right? So it's, 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 competing, it's competing brainwashing, really. I mean, they'll call it persuasion... But 
if you want to use that terminology. It's really just competing people that are trying to brainwash you into their ideology, including us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But but that's just how it is. And you should really then read up on it and compare sources to not fall down into these pipelines. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little review um, of our appearance on Universal Thoughts. You really should check that appearance out. Um, I don't know. I felt like I had a reasonably good time hearing from people that I don't often hear from. Um, and it was very nice of them to have us on, uh, knowing that we disagreed and were not going to hide the fact that we disagreed. Yeah, definitely. And let us know if you like these kind of episodes or us talking to other people. Uh, we really like your feedback and we'll do more if you like them. And of course, like always, follow us on social media, on Instagram and TikTok. And see you next week.